Hi, so we are back, Maha and Jyoti, to take you through another uh, journey of music musings. In this episode, uh, we're going to discuss fusion. Personally, I find fusion a beautiful and very dynamic uh, genre of music. And you know, in India, I find that fusion is so intrinsic to our whole culture, right? Whether it's food or dressing or movies or any other aspect of a culture, we take from so many influences and then beautifully we blend them all together. So, uh, Maha. Hi. Is it even possible to define uh, fusion in the context of music? Well, it is tough. Like it is with a lot of food, like you mentioned, the uh, Kobe Manchurian that we eat, what is it? Yeah. Is it Chinese? Is it Indian? <laughs> we don't know. A lot of the food that we eat... But they uh, just taste good. That's all it we It tastes know. good. And then we keep you know, almost unconsciously experimenting. Yeah. So fusion also, because it's such a wide so-called genre, it's present everywhere in the world, right? So if any two genres mix in some way, then uh, that is called fusion. Mm-hmm. And we already have uh, dozens, maybe hundreds of distinct genres. So when these mix in different ways, then we get hundreds or maybe thousands of sub-genres of fusion. Mm-hmm. So fusion itself is such an umbrella term. Right. We could be talking about Indo-fusion or Afro-fusion or East Asian fusion. You take a region of the world, so the sub-genre will be that, and then you drill down deeper and you get sub-sub-genres and all that. So we are talking about many different animals in the zoo, Mm. right? So uh, it's very difficult to define it in that sense. I don't think there is any clear definition as such because uh, how do you define something where the characteristics are not fixed? Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't know which instruments, you don't know what the sound is like. Sounds can keep changing. Pretty much impossible to put a finger on what exactly fusion music is. Okay, okay. You know, when you mentioned zoo, I was thinking, no, that's more like a forest. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild, yes. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's come to the Indian context of fusion um, to start with, because like you said, otherwise it, it's never-ending. Oh, it is. Even Indian fusion is never-ending. Of course, yeah. yeah. But And it's difficult to cover so many aspects, but let's start with something. So how do you think fusion music really evolved in the Indian uh, context? It goes back quite a few decades, but if you look at it, the impetus came from abroad, the initial thrust. One of the first instances where a collaboration of sorts happened was uh, with Ali Akbar Khan Mm -hmm. in the US. Some musicians wanted, they heard him play and then they want to collaborate in some way. So that happened, but it was kind of one-off. And uh, I don't know if it really took off from uh, that point. But uh, there's a clear point after that, Mm -hmm. within the next uh, decade or so, where Ravi Shankar features prominently. Ah, that reminds me of Beatles. Yes, absolutely. That association actually took the world by storm. I mean, the association between Ravi Shankar and Beatles. Between Ravi Shankar and the Beatles, because Beatles were big at that point. They were the biggest act going in the world. Um, Now, this you're talking about, say, the timeline would be... uh, uh, this is the 1960s. 60s, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is the 60s. And uh, George Harrison, who uh, I think during the recording of uh, Norwegian Wood or something, mm-hmm. uh, he happened to pick up a sitar okay. and he liked the sound, so he wanted to include that and he did. 
so that brought in a lot of curiosity from people. What is this weird sound? Okay. Because the sitar was not really the thing that it became later on yeah. in the next few decades. After that, um, George Harrison happened to get together with Ravi Shankar and he okay. was actually a student of his. I think everybody knows the album uh, Sgt. Pepper's oh, Lonely yeah. Hearts Club That's Band. Iconic, and yeah. uh, in that, uh, on the LP, the first song on side B, Within You, Without You. Within You, Without You. Uh, that, is, that is so typically Indian. It has the sitar, it has... I don't know, it has the sarod, I think, it has the tabla. I'm sure for the Westerner, it would have been really exotic, exotic when they first yeah, heard it. Yeah. Because th- that was the time when all these were experimental at their initial yeah. stages. But uh, there's another song that I would like to play now. This is kind of uh, different in the sense that it has a folk sensibility. Oh, okay. Whereas Within You, Without You has a distinct Hindustani classical sensibility. This one has a continuo like folk musicians use, continuo mm-hmm. in the sense of a shruti box kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It has this very folkish sounding reed that's used right through. And it doesn't use a tabla, instead it uses something like a doll. So it wow. is, yeah, the feel is very distinctly folkish and uh, it's also relatively rare in the Beatle repertoire. So let's uh, listen sure, to that. Sure, let's listen to that. Yeah. I can know the ways of heaven The farther one travels The less one knows The less one Wow, yeah, that's uh, a lesser-known song, I think. Yeah, much lesser-known. It's, it's titled The Inner Light. Inner Light. This was the real breakthrough, in a sense, for Indian fusion. Mm-hmm. After that, suddenly everybody was aware of the Indian sound and everybody started looking out for it too. Okay. And uh, probably as a result of this, Ravi Shankar became massive in the West. Okay. So he was called upon to conduct orchestras, he was called upon to uh, compose pieces for Western orchestra, which he did. There are sitar concertos that uh, oh, he composed. Really? Okay. So they they kind of mix and match the Indian way of presentation and the Western way of presentation. So there is enough space there for uh, the lead player to display his wares. I guess that's fusion at its best, right? In a, in a, maybe it's what you would define as fusion in a very classical sense. This was the beginning of fusion, in a sense. And I think people were still kind of grappling with this idea of how to meld everything, right. you know, together. After that, it kind, of, it kind of caught on. But it still had not become this huge thing. But because of this, other musicians who were settled in the US or in Europe, other Indian musicians, they were inspired. They formed orchestras, uh, and uh, jazz was, of course, a very deep interest even in the 60s. I guess it was easy for the Indian musician to relate to jazz in some sense because of the free-flowing nature of the genre. Yeah, because our classical music system is also very free-flowing. Yeah, it is also improvisation-based. That is also improvisation-based. So a lot of jazz fusion albums came about. And uh, I remember this album titled, I think, 2001 mm-hmm. by Ananda Shankar and his orchestra. Ananda Shankar. Ananda Shankar is... Yeah, he's uh, Ravi Shankar's uh, nephew. So he brought together this orchestra and uh, with sitar as the main instrument. It was was kind of psychedelic music. 
Oh, so okay. the sitar seems to have that personality to it somehow. Yeah. Maybe that was, yeah, and that was also the age when psychedelic stuff found a lot of resonance among people, right? Yes, exactly. Beginning yes. of the hippie culture. And yeah. That. Still, you know, in a sense, it hadn't become so broad-based. Okay. And in the middle of all this, from the Indian point of view, maybe very quietly, uh, El Subramaniam happened. Mm. Because, uh, I mean, El Subramaniam has done a lot with fusion music. Exactly. So he he kind of took it and made it really broad. I think he's collaborated over the years with dozens of uh, different artists playing different instruments in different styles. So he brought a lot of new instruments together in different ways. Okay. Of course, he being a violinist, uh, the violin played a central central role role in all this. Uh, And his first album, which was titled India 2000, that to me still remains kind of a very important album. Mm-hmm. The way it brought everything together in an undistinguishable whole almost. Why don't we listen to that? Oh yes, let's listen to this particular sure, piece. Sure. As uh, you would have noticed, this has a very clear jazz edge, you know, jazz and blues. And yes. That kind of a feel is what you get. Of course, it's based purely on a Carnatic raga or an Indian raga. Hindustani also has this charukeshi. But if you notice, it's, it blends all these different instruments and different styles so beautifully and yeah. so seamlessly in a way. With El Subramaniam... I think the fusion scene kind of uh, attained some sort of maturity. Even while all this was going on, other little, little experiments, uh, especially in India, were happening, Mm -hmm. which we'll come to. But at this point, I think uh, because it starts going off in various directions, we can probably start looking at uh, not necessarily the highlights, but uh, the different genres, Indian genres, where fusion happened. Sure. So, let's start with Hindustani, maybe? Yes, of course. So, Hindustani, we've already seen how Ravi Shankar took the lead as far as uh, Indo-fusion is concerned. So, we had other people trying this. Not so much exactly, but uh, one of the pieces that has really struck me, where the Hindustani element is not that high, but it brings various different genres together so beautifully for me is... uh, uh, one of uh, Trilogutu's pieces. Trilogutu, yeah. So he is one of the uh, you know premier drummers, and he went into fusion big time. And uh, we have this piece which I absolutely love. It's titled uh, Shobha Rock. Okay. And Shobha comes from his mother, Shobha, Shobha Gutu. Gutu. She was a Hindustani musician. Yeah. And she has a prominent part in this, but the rock part is actually even more prominent. This uh, piece also features uh, El Shankar's violin. Oh, wow. All the best coming together. Yes. It's an incredible melange of things that... Yeah, you know what amazes me about this kind of uh, uh, fusion pieces is they uh, take up the essence of different genres, right? And there are so many characters that come into play. But still, at the end of it, you get a very central character through the music, you know? There's one particular character to that whole piece of music. 
that too is amazing although they draw so many elements yeah so i think each of these uh, composers or experimenters they have different goals for me the best fusion is something that blends everything so seamlessly that you can't like you said point to one or the other and say okay this is the prominent thing and everybody yeah. else everything else is subsidiary yeah shobha oh, yes. rock uh, to me it's you know just, is right up there yeah yeah it's so evocative you know yeah it's and it's it's so emotional it's so atmospheric it's so it it kind of hammers at you from so many different yeah. sides absolutely that it it leaves you it leaves you kind of breathless at yeah, the end yeah 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 I think even uh, in Carnatic music, there have been many instances of fusion, right? In the seventies, we had something called Carnatic jazz, which mm. turned up. Yeah. So that a lot of very exotic. Yeah, yeah. So you had a lot of uh, Carnatic instruments along with drums and uh, keyboards and electric guitars. Then after that, we had uh, Chitty Babu, for instance, on the veena. Mm. So he started uh, on his own track, where he brought in a bunch of veenas and. Uh, you know brought in harmony oh, okay okay and uh, he brought in western tunes and uh, made an amazing success yeah. of it it was a runaway success that those two I or three imagine. albums that yeah. came out the lps if you want to look at something groundbreaking after that then it has to be the experiment between uh, anil srinivasan and uh, sikil gurucharan oh yes madhirakshi the album yes anil srinivasan is a pianist and they brought out this first album titled madhirakshi and turned everything on its head yeah, because absolutely. piano is something that you don't relate to indian classical music in general the effect is just effect beautiful is absolutely yeah. you know there's something uh, very minimalist but very powerful about this whole album i think exactly and also they chose very evocative songs yeah, and yes, treated choice. it in a you know in a beautiful way where uh, they gave the listener space to listen to each of these yes. uh, Yeah. which was the lines yeah. that was being uh, sung so we'll just play one song a bit of one song from that album haase mugam marandu poche idai yaridum solvenadi to ri nesamarakkavillai nen album and i've heard it so many times every time i heard the song anywhere else or when i recollected the song to me this album would come to my mind you know yes that's it is such an impactful uh, performance yeah one is the new sound the other is the treatment that they've gone in yeah, for it's, yeah. it's very beautiful yeah i think there were also other instances in carnatic like um, where within the carnatic format uh, it was not just through instrumentation but even through the treatment there was fusion that happened right 
there was one interesting experiment that I came across uh, of Aruna Sairam getting together with, uh, I think, a French musician, another vocalist, and then comparing and contrasting our own vocal music with Western uh, church music or chants. Or, oh, uh, wow, that is quite some Right, medieval I... music in a sense. So there is this one song in that album particularly that I can remark on uh, where uh, she sings uh, Raga Kalyani and he sings a hymn oh. in the same scale, in the Kalyani scale. Oh, wow. So he sings the Lydian mode and she sings Kalyani. Okay. And uh, you can see the contrast there. And the overall effect must be quite uh, yeah, it's very, very unique. Yeah. So it's very spare. No accompaniments, nothing. And something similar is also the case with uh, Ilai Raja's uh, standalone album, Fusion mm. album, his first album, which is titled How to Name How It. How to Name It. Oh, yeah. There are actually two pieces, companion pieces. I Met Bark in My House is uh, the first piece and We Had a Talk uh, is the second piece. So the name says it all, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It does. And uh, this is very interesting in the sense, that especially in the second piece. This is again in Kalyani. Mm -hmm. The second piece, it starts with an alapna in Kalyani and then the alapna comes to an end and at that point Bach comes in. Mm. This is a partita for solo violin, mm -hmm. partita number four I think, okay. first movement. That starts and then it continues and after the introduction of the partita what we have is on the other channel in the stereo. So Bach is playing on one channel and on the other channel you have pure Kalyani playing. Oh, at the same time. At the same time. So you can actually compare and contrast not one after the other, but both of them together. together. Oh. Let's just listen to a little bit from that uh, piece sure. where you can, you can actually see this contrast. Sure. classical formats in Indian music, even when you look at uh, the lighter, for want of a better word, other formats or like say uh, devotional, like bhajans or even Sufi music, there has been, there have been a lot of uh, fusion experiments that have happened, right? Especially if, uh, looking at it from uh, today's perspective, it's happened in virtually every genre that you can think of. Mm -hmm. For instance, you can talk about uh, Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan's uh, fusion album with Michael Brook. Oh yeah, that's an amazing yeah, album. Yeah, so Nusrat just uh, sings his stuff and then uh, Brook kind of comes in and adds uh, atmospherics and layering. Yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, then if you come to Bhajan, I think uh, Bhajan lends itself uh, to this kind of treatment, especially the faster kind of Bhajans. We have somebody like uh, Jay Uttal. Oh yes, Jay Uttal, yeah. Yeah, who has taken a range of Bhajans and uh, given the fusion treatment to that. Rather than talk about it, let me just play a little bit of one of those and you'll get a pretty good idea, the psychedelic effect and all that. Namah Shivaya, Namah Shivaya Namah 
psychedelic part is so true this is such a heady effect right this uh, album yeah, yeah you immediately think of the 70s 80s is gone yeah. you know go along that path yeah you yeah. mentioned is gone although this album is called shiva station but yeah <laughs> never mind yeah. <laughs> and then i think once fusion began it just uh, ventured into a lot of other formats which were not confined to any particular genre right fusion because of the nature of the beast itself doesn't need to be confined to any cage right. or uh, any part of the forest like you said <laughs> so it can roam around freely take uh, say um, indian ocean for instance mm. oh, so yeah. they brought in folk in its own way along with a lot of uh, rock mm-hmm. so you could call it i don't know what fusion rock fusion folk fusion folk okay. rock fusion any one of those terms would be yeah. would fit it yeah. properly and uh, they kind of pioneered this folk songs in their original format coming into this uh, you know yeah. weaving its way into yeah and that was taken to a, a different uh, level by colonial cousins oh yeah yeah colonial cousins uh, did it some amazing work yeah so the first album itself the eponymous album colonial cousins uh, it broke new ground in many different oh, ways yes yes so they took all these experiments forward one step two steps three steps so you had uh, more than just the local say folk song or something like that they also translated the songs mm. some of them and they brought in a mix for instance you have a song where the theme is represented through say um, hariharan doing a carnatic bit that you know resonates with the theme and then leslie lewis coming in with, with uh, four english lines you yeah. know in 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 the western format For instance we have this song titled it's going to be all right where it begins with hariharan singing the first line of a carnatic kriti the kriti is about the composer beseeching god to save him and the title of the song i think is god answering him <laughs> yeah it's going to be yeah. all right <laughs> yeah yeah this kind of interplay was brought in you had english lyrics being rendered in an indian fashion hmm. so let's hear this piece let's do that yes yeah. this would have given you a decent idea of how all these elements have come oh, together oh yes yes yeah and uh, if you listen to any one of these songs on this album you will get the same kind of feel yeah yeah where yeah. everything comes together but different elements in yeah, each of these yeah, songs yeah. yeah you know what also strikes me is around this time was when uh, technology also played a huge part in enabling this whole Uh, experiments with music right like for instance digital became a big part of oh yes that's very true it's especially true of uh, fusion music yeah because much of fusion is actually sampling yeah yeah right you are sampling different things putting them together and then trying to see what fits as far as you are concerned digital music made it very easy for people to sample mm-hmm. whether it was instruments new kind of kinds of sounds 
suddenly there was a huge uh, you know flood of new experiments right newer acts came in i think the next real breakthrough was uh, the advent of youtube oh yeah suddenly music was democratized yeah so it was not just production you could pro- you could produce your own music because yeah. of uh, the digital nature of music itself and now distribution became very yeah. very easy yeah. everybody who thought they had uh, an impulse for fusion or an impulse for music came out with their own uh, <laughs> version of uh, songs you know remixes and all these and things and some good things also happened good music happened oh a lot of good music the only thing uh, is that they did not appear as albums so okay. we had to go in search of those things one of the acts that came out of this in a way fusion was uh, it was very similar to we talked about um, indian ocean and uh, colonial cousins yeah so we have avial oh yes avial yeah, yeah avial also kind of reminds you of fusion <laughs> a lot yeah. of vegetables <laughs> going together into uh, very aptly titled very aptly titled the tone of it is complete rock yeah but what made a difference was that all the lyrics in the album were malayalam malayalam yeah <laughs> amazing And, yeah yeah some of them were actually written for this album mm-hmm. some of them were taken from traditional malayalam songs and uh, interwoven through the rock lattice in yeah, a sense yeah. and uh, i think one of these songs will explain this much more much better than anything i can say at this point yeah let's hear it there you saw a folk song being taken and interwoven into a, a rock framework yeah truly after uh, avial you know again a lot of people came up with a rock background suddenly other bands came in and then you had all these uh, tv shows that came up which showcased all these bands yes so you go to youtube today it's a rash of yes. of fusion yes, albums yes you have taikudam bridge for instance Taikudam and then bridge, yeah. you had masala coffee for instance which came up with a huge hit yes the rage and then you also had uh, this uh, group agam oh yeah who came up with carnatic rock so essentially carnatic compositions fit into a rock framework and done very well done very well too yes suddenly now you see that uh, you know there is no sense in even beginning to talk about it yeah because there's far too much happening but i think along the way there've also been other people other acts other bands other individual musicians who have made a very distinct contribution to the fusion experiment in the running years yeah we cannot deal without ganesh kumarish ganesh kumarish yes. the violin duo we had prasanna oh, guitarist yeah, the guitar so he has done some wonderful work in jazz fusion with the guitar fusing ragas in amazing ways this is just again you know touching the surface yeah, kind yeah, of thing especially yeah. from today's context i keep saying that yeah and uh, i think uh, at this point we've come to a stage where talk becomes meaningless i think uh, a search on youtube is much more meaningful <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, one thing that we have actually deliberately kind of kept away from the scene till now 
we generally don't even think about when we talk about fusion music which is indian film music because in our you know in our minds indian film music is a genre by itself yeah incidentally it's not a genre yeah, it is actually a mishmash of everything that you can it's get it's an amalgamation of different genres classic example for fusion i think yeah, absolutely so the moment film music took a step away from classical music initially yeah. it was all mostly Mostly, purely classical or light classical. The moment it stepped away, it looked around and found all kinds of international influences. Mm -hmm. So it brought in international uh, instruments first and then their own forms, for instance, uh, rock and roll and all that was, it featured very, very prominently in the 50s and 60s, even in the 50s actually. And uh, of course, through the line, then we had R.D. Berman. Oh, yeah. Through the uh, the hippie era, represented beautifully by Dammarudam, for instance. Then, of course, fusion actually firmly established itself as an important genre was with A.R. Rahman. Oh, yes. I completely agree. The way he treated fusion was just amazing. With Roja, his first advent into film music, it just set the stage. You knew at that point that music had changed forever. Yeah, yeah. Film music had changed forever and fusion music itself had changed forever. True. Each movie he dealt with a separate kind of sound. Rahman is kind of the byword now, you know. So let's not play Rahman. You can you can go and get Rahman everywhere. <laughs> let's play something from maybe decades ago. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's play this. Let's play this beautiful little song from the movie Howra Bridge. Helen on stage. Yes. Yeah. Iconic. Absolutely, Absolutely iconic. iconic. Yes. Let's play that. Yeah. It's appealing. Right. And uh, the background music is so sophisticated, right? It's so yes. yeah. absolutely cosmopolitan. And, and it brings in Western global, elements yeah. and then you, it brings in uh, Far Eastern elements. Yeah. This came out in 1958, if I remember right. I guess so. Yeah. Somewhere I mean, around 50s, that time. Yeah, yeah. So we had fusion then. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it, fusion yeah. has a long history. Yeah. In Except music. that nobody called it fusion. fusion yes. The labeling happened later. It happened much later. Okay, so we've uh, traversed a rather long uh, journey with uh, fusion music and we've come to the end of this journey, right? I think more or less, yes. Mm. But did we really begin at the beginning? Uh, what do you mean begin at the beginning? I mean, we did begin with uh, how Ravi Shankar met Beatles and at least in the Indian context. We did begin there. But after that, we did go back a little bit to Mera Naam Chin Chin Chu. Yes. It was even before that. Yes. Maybe we can go much further back. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's go right back to the trinity of Carnatic oh. composers. Oh, wow. You mean to say that fusion began back then? Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. So, so there's a thought that occurs to me. So maybe to mis- slightly misquote the Sound of Music song, let's uh, end at the very beginning now. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm not saying that this is fusion. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the impulse right. has always been there. So if you look at Muthuswami Dikshitar, mm-hmm. 
one of the trinity of Carnatic music uh, composers. Yes. We have 300 odd compositions by him, very erudite composition. But he also has, going under his name, almost 40 pieces, which are actually Western tunes. Okay. These are all well-known tunes. Mm -hmm. So he took those tunes and he gave Sanskrit lyrics to all these tunes. These are all in the major scale, the equivalent of Shankaravana Ragam. But he seems to have made the specific remarks there to be sung as Western tunes. Interesting. Yes, very. So is this fusion? Yeah, I guess you could call it fusion, right? Because here's someone steeped in the Carnatic tradition and then uh, suddenly he's infusing uh, it with a lot of uh, Western elements and the sense that the notes. And he's also specifically mentioned that you've got to sing this in the Western way. So, yeah, I guess that is... uh, I guess that's an argument that can be made, perhaps? Perhaps, yeah, yeah. Okay, so why don't we play one of those songs and let everybody decide for themselves? Sure. Kamalasana Vandita Padaji Kamaniya Karodaya Samraji Kamala Nagare Sakalakari Kamala Nayana Vrita Jagadadhari Kamale Vimale Guru Guhajanani Kamala Pati Muta Gridaye Maya Kamala Shashi Vijaya Okay, so we've come to the end of this uh, journey that sort of went back and forth. (laughs) Now uh, we sign off. Hope all of you enjoyed this episode. And as we always say, please do send in your questions and your feedback to musicmusings at outlook.com. Thank you. The intro and outro are from a composition for solo piano by Madhura Sundar Rajan 